Welcome to Season 1, Episode 8 of So Strange. I'm your host, Andy Myers. I'm an author and a paranormal researcher who believes that all of us see angels on a daily basis, every single day of our lives. They come in the form of nurses and teachers, not to mention our, our children and our pets. All right, I'll admit that sometimes it's hard to remember how angelic our dog is, perhaps, when he's chewing a hole in our brand new couch. And all right, maybe your toddler, you know, gave your SUV a car wash with a fistful of rocks the other day. But if you think about it, she was probably only trying to be helpful. All joking aside, our children and our pets are the closest thing to angels that we're going to see on a daily basis. And I'd actually like to dedicate this episode to all you nurses and teachers out there. Uh, to the teachers, thanks for being um, so much more than educators. You know, To our children, you're, you're more than that. You play the role of counselor, parental figure, role model, and friend. And that's a lot of hats to wear. And in my opinion, we could double the salary of every teacher in North America, and it still would not be enough. And to all you nurses out there working 12-hour shifts, you know, this episode is for you as well. You're nothing short of real-life superheroes. So thanks for helping us navigate this uh, strange and bizarre time in, in history. But without further ado, please secure your wings and halos, return your tray tables to their upright and locked positions, and buckle up, because we're about to take a flight through angelic airspace. Here we go. You know, for the topic of this episode, I actually polled people on my Facebook page, uh, asking them which topic they'd most like to hear about. I gave them four options to narrow it down. And when the votes were tallied, uh, here, here's how things shook out. So uh, 18 people voted on animal miracle stories. Uh, 39 people voted on uh, angel stories. 24 people wanted uh, ghostly stories and adventures. And 18 voted for uh, weather that changed the course of human history. Now, I might circle back around to that weather one, you know, in a later episode. Because I'm not, I'm not talking about, you know, how, you know, Hurricane Katrina, you know, damaged New Orleans. You know, nothing like that. I'm talking about stories that uh, involve weather, you know, that disrupted a war and tipped the favors and, and, like, truly altered the course of human history as we know it. Little known, little known stories that you probably have never heard of. But for today... You know, the votes have spoken, and uh, 39 people uh, out of the nearly 100 that voted, uh, 39 wanted to, uh, angel stories. So here we go. I've rounded up some of the best stories from the interwebs, and, uh, you know, and as always, I'll read, the, read you the story, and, and I'll give my two cents and maybe include a, a related story in between. And uh, you can find uh, a link to the articles uh, in the show notes for these stories that I'm about to read. And I think today's a good balance. You know, the last couple episodes, admittedly, were a little a little on the dark side. So uh, here we're going to lighten the mood. Uh, we're going to, you know, bask in the, the heavenly glow of the angelic beings. And our first story here is called Perfect Fit. It was the day before I was supposed to start my junior year of high school. It was a beautiful day outside, but I was too busy feeling sorry for myself to notice. We didn't have much money. Everything I earned I gave to my parents. Just once I wanted a new dress for the first day of school. I was pacing in my room feeling very depressed, and then I suddenly heard a voice say, quote, Why do you fret so? Remember the lilies of the field? Are you not more important than they? I answered yes. 
Then I felt very peaceful and happy. A few minutes later, I heard a car drive up and a lady talking to my mother. After the car drove off, my mother called me downstairs. The woman had a bag full of clothes. She told my mother that she had bought them for her daughter, but her daughter didn't like them, and she was going to throw the dresses away, but had an overpowering urge to bring them to our house. We never saw that lady again. In the bag were five dresses. They still had the price tags on them. I'm very short, and I usually have to hem all of my dresses. But all the dresses in the bag were my size and the right color for my complexion. Most, most surprisingly, I didn't have to hem them. And that was submitted by an anonymous person. You know what strikes me as interesting here in this story is that, the, that this being, this angelic presence, if you want to call it that, it spoke to this girl in such an old-fashioned style of language. You know, why do you fret so? You know, it sounds kind of old-timey, like uh, the entity was from the 1700s or something. It's kind of, you know, Shakespeare-ish. And, you know, I've been uh, giving lectures for nearly 15 years on topics such as ghosts, angels, you know, other metaphysical topics. And for what it's worth, I always tell people, pay close attention to the thoughts, the words, the ideas that pop into your head. Uh, I, for one, 100% believe in angels, guardian angels, spirit guides, or, you know, whatever you want to label those things. But pay attention, you know, to how something is phrased. If a message pops into your head and it's it's phrased in a different way than you typically speak, then it could actually be a spiritual presence trying to help you. And as for the girl in this story, you can't help but feel good for her. You know, the timing of the dresses being delivered is nothing short of miraculous. And the fact that they actually fit her is, is even more astonishing. It's, uh, you know, it's always wonderful to hear about good things happening to good people. And it just goes to show that, you know, maybe there's some order in the, in the chaos of the world after all. Up next, we have a story titled, Calming and Beautiful Presence. My life has been hard and painful, but because of my growing awareness of my spirit and God, it has transformed my life into one of light and love. One encounter took place when I was 14 years old. I was neglected by my single mom who had problems of her own and could not give me the love and nurturing every child deserves. I was pretty much fending for myself and found myself wandering some dark streets around 11, around 11 p.m. alone and frightened. I had no idea where I was, and I was afraid of being attacked. Uh, I had been attacked before, in fact. My quote-unquote friends had abandoned me and left me to find my own way home. I was miles away with no money. I had my 10-speed bike with me, which I couldn't really ride because I was intoxicated. Although I was usually pretty self-sufficient and never asked help from anyone, I was feeling very vulnerable. I was truly afraid. I had a strong feeling that if I didn't get some help soon, I would be in a very bad situation. So I prayed. Soon after that, I saw a brightly illuminated, smiling young man emerge from one of the dark houses on the lonely street, and he said, Hi, I'm Paul. I found his presence calming and beautiful. He said he wanted to help me. And that's really all I remember. The next thing I know, I woke up in my bed at home with no idea of how I got home or how my bike got home with me. All I know is I have a warm, glowing feeling every time I think about my angel, Paul. And that was uh, submitted by Anonymous. I can't help but wonder if this 
you know, experience may have been a turning point for this young lady. You know, I hope she's been able to turn things around a little bit, or at the very least, you know, maybe she's been more selective in terms of her friends since that event. But it just goes to show that there's still good people out there. I mean, maybe maybe Paul was literally an angel. You know, many people believe that angels can take the form of human beings in order to remain discreet and, you know, avoid uh, drawing attention to themselves. But if Paul was just a regular old person, it's, the story is still no less heartwarming. It just goes to show that, you know, there's still good people out there in the world. And I'd, I'd go so far as to say as most people are mostly good. You know, it's true. In most cases, when there's a crisis, whether it's something big or something small, most strangers would be willing to jump into action and help in any way possible. I mean, for the most for most of us, it's, you know, helping our desire to help and, uh, you know, help strangers in need. It's something that's hardwired into our DNA. And I remember thinking back all the way to my childhood. I, I was probably six or seven, and I don't remember the, the exact details of it, but I was riding in the back seat of our station wagon, uh, <laughs> for if you're a child of the 80s, do you remember station wagons? And they had those two back seats, like in the trunk, basically, and the seats faced backwards. So you could pretty much, like, make silly faces and, and wave hi to the cars right behind you. Now, mind you, <laughs> may or may not have been wearing my seatbelt. You know, God, those things were like death traps. But anyway, I digress. Um, we were driving downtown. It was absolutely pouring. It was just a downpour. And we came across this uh, this young mom. Uh, and maybe in her early 20s, and, you know, she had a kind of a, you know, maybe a five-year-old kid with her, and the kid was, uh, you know, special needs, and she didn't have an umbrella. She just looked, she just looked miserable, and my mom, you know, my mom did what my mom always does. She pulled over to the side. Now, mind you, you know, the 80s are a little bit more um, simpler times, you know, when you could get in the car with a stranger without worrying so much as you do today. But she pulled over, opened the door, this drenched young mom and her, her special needs kids get in the car. I don't, I don't remember where we took them, you know, if we took them to the library or we dropped them off at, at a friend's house. But she got them out of the rain, no questions asked. And, and that's just my mom. She's the kind of person who would bend over backwards to help a stranger. And my mom, being uh, angelic as she is, she's not alone. Because, again, I wholeheartedly feel that most people are mostly good. This next story is called Helping Hands. In the summer of 1997, we got our daughter Sarah a new twin mattress for her bunk bed. I had taken it upstairs and was trying to get the old one down. Our stairs can be hazardous, so I kept saying to myself, Christy, be careful. My husband is disabled and hasn't worked in over four years, and without my income, we'd be on the streets. When I was upstairs, I looked out at the happy side of my three children playing with their German shepherd, Sadie, and their daddy keeping a close eye on them. When I started to move the old mattress down the stairs, I slipped and lost my footing, and I began to fall. Thousands of thoughts raced through my mind in that split second. What will happen if I break my leg? Or worse, I said. Please, dear God, help me. Send me an angel. Well, I got not just one, but two. I felt two strong, masculine arms grab me and reach under my arms and pull me back up. And I felt a second set of hands grab my ankles and push me firmly back on the stairs. Then I, then I looked, and lo and behold, the mattress was at the bottom of the stairs, placed neatly and upright against the wall. I walked outside to ask my husband if he'd been in the house, and of course he said no. In fact, he doesn't even have two sets of arms, so he couldn't have helped. My brother has good luck, quote-unquote, channeling angels. 
he informed me that it was probably Michael who grabbed under my arms and Uriel who grabbed my ankles. And that was submitted by Christy. You know, of course, uh, her brother there is referring to a couple of the archangels referenced in various parts of the Bible. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not an expert on the Bible or archangels. Uh, personally, I'm more of a spiritual person as opposed to a religious one, if that makes sense. But I have written a book about angels, and I'll leave a link to that in the show notes. It came out, uh, gosh, back in 2016, I believe, and it's called Not Your Average Angel Book. And my book uh, provides a lot of info and context in terms of, you know, archangels, but it's primarily focused on true angelic miracle stories, kind of like the ones you'll hear on this show. But my book also includes tons of great tips on how a person can better connect with and communicate with, you know, their guardian angels, their spirit guides, whatever you choose to call them. So feel feel free to check out that if you're looking for a quick, easy read. And uh, some of the true stories in that book might just give you goosebumps if you're into angelic stories. This next one is called Angels in the Clouds. One evening, I was heading west towards the sunset, and there was a weak thunderstorm moving in just north of the setting sun. The two natural phenomenon together were such a beautiful sight with such gorgeous deep color that I stopped my car and stepped outside to get a better view. My attention was caught at once by a gray patch of scud clouds drifting in from the storm that were illuminated by the sun's rays. I could see the forms of a whole host of angels. This was more than a case of a vivid imagination. I saw such detail of every angel's face. I could see their profiles and their hair and their wings. It was as if they were using the cloud vapors to show themselves to me. It was so real, and it was not my imagination. Now, you know, this this story, I'm not going to debunk it or, or decredit it or be skeptical here, but there is a phenomenon called uh, pareidolia. And, you know, this is something that we've all experienced before. It's basically those moments where our brain has the ability to see an object within another object. You know, for example, like seeing a doorknob that reminds you of uh, the shape of a human face or, you know, seeing a cloud that's shaped like an elephant or, you know, maybe you get a, a potato that looks like it's the face of Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> but, you know, is that what's going on in this last story? I don't know. I wasn't there. But the person was adamant that there was way too much detail for it to be just their imagination. And I'm sure you can relate to this, at least on some level. Um, maybe you've seen a cloud shaped like a heart, or maybe you saw a wispy cloud that looked like angel wings as you were driving home from a funeral, for example. In my line of work, I've heard uh, countless similar stories to this, and even though we can't definitively prove that it's a sign from the heavens, it certainly warms the heart either way, and uh, that being the case, it serves a purpose. So, But in terms of seeing angelic beings high in the sky, you know, one, one story in particular is hard to top, and, and this is one that I detail uh, a bit more specifically in my Angels book, but uh, true story, of there was a case of Russian cosmonauts aboard the Salyut 7 spacecraft, and they saw angelic beings floating through outer space. <laughs> yes, outer space. Everything's cooler in outer space, right? You know, but angels are cool, you know, stand as a standalone topic. You put angels in space, that's pretty hard to top. You know, angels in space. But all the cosmonauts saw the same thing. They saw angelic beings with wings, uh, the cosmonauts could see the angels' facial features. They said they were actually smiling. 
and they had no spacesuits, no breathing apparatus of any kind. And this is interesting when you consider that the the temperature of space is negative 455 degrees Fahrenheit. So, I don't know, apparently angels don't get cold. But to top it off, each angel was massive, ginormous, roughly the size of a commercial airplane. These things were hundreds of feet tall. And if uh, again, if you'd like to read more about that story, you can click the link to my to my book in the show notes. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you five dollars for every twenty you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Next up, we have a story titled, An Angel Opened My Door. Many years ago, I was driving my daughter and some other children to school. I pulled up across the street from the entrance because there were so many cars pulling in the school driveway at that time. I got out to help the kids cross the street, not really, not realizing that I had closed and locked my door. Frantic, I tried every door but to no avail. I ran into the school to get a coat hanger and ran out to the car, which was by now idling very fast, and I remember saying, Oh my dear God, please help me. In that split second, a man dressed in what looked like 19th century clothing approached and said to me, Looks like you need some help. He didn't talk any more, but in a minute he had the lock popped with the coat hanger. Thank you so much, I said. I was so happy I reached into my car to give him some money, which took all of a second, and when I looked up, he was gone. I looked all around in every direction. I should have seen him walking away because the area was very open and he could not have disappeared that fast. I know it was an angel, probably my guardian angel, I think, and I will never think anything else as long as I live. And that was submitted by Patricia N. You know, there's nothing worse than the feeling of not being able to, um, you know, feeling utterly helpless, uh, if you will. You know, in Taboot, that's, uh, you know, we feel that tenfold, uh, you know, if there's a child locked in a vehicle. I remember a few years ago, um, it was just accidental, but, you know, somehow uh, one of my sister's kids got locked in the car you know, and, and we we got the matter resolved within, you know, a minute just with a spare key that we had nearby. But gosh, she was in tears and it was kind of a panicked situation. And um, but thankfully, you know, most of these situations have a happy ending. And uh, <laughs> it just goes to show angels can show up out of nowhere and disappear just as fast. And some some are good at Jimmy and open, uh, you know, car doors. But, you know, sometimes angels don't just open car doors. You know, if it means keeping the driver safe. Some angels are actually strong enough to engage a parking brake. And I know this because I witnessed it firsthand. True story. Uh, back around uh, 2009, perhaps, I was, um, my car was acting funny. And this was on a Friday, I believe. And it was just acting funny. And I, I knew I had, I had to take it to the, to the car place, you know, to the mechanic shop on Monday to get fixed. And in the meantime, I kept thinking to myself, okay, I'm not driving this thing anywhere. It's unreliable. It's probably going to break down on me. Well, you know, come Friday night, sure enough, I, I needed something. I don't remember what I needed. I needed milk or bread or something. But anyway, my plan was I just needed to get to the store up the street. It was like three blocks away. I was sure I could make it and get back without my car breaking down. So as I turn on my car inside my garage, 
and I opened my I opened my garage door. Uh, apparently, somebody did not want me uh, to leave <laughs> because before I had a chance to back up, I hear a clicking noise. Click, 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 click. And I'm like, what the hell is that? And I looked down the parking brake that was right next to my right hip. It was pulled up and engaged. Some unseen presence had physically lifted up that lever, preventing me from from reversing out of the garage. And I thought that was really strange. So I clicked the button and I push the parking brake down and I pull out of my uh, I I pull out of the driveway and make it to the store I got what I needed I get back in the car I disengage the parking brake put it in reverse and again I hear that same clicking noise and I look down and again some unseen presence had engaged the parking brake right next to me I mean this thing is like inches from my right hip it's one it's basically like a lever that you pull up and so again, being stubborn, I'm like, that is so freaking weird. What the hell's going on here? So I click the button, slam it back down, put the car back in reverse, and I hear it again. And I look down, and it's becoming comical at this point in time. There's some some presence, some being, call it angelic or whatever you want, that is telling me I should not be driving this car. But at this point, I'm kind of, you know, between a rock and a hard place because I need to get back home. I can't just leave my car, you know, at the store overnight. So once again, I disengage the parking brake and uh, make it back home. Well, come Monday, I take my car to the mechanic shop, and I get a call from them a few hours later, and uh, she says, uh, my brakes were so bad. She said, if I had kept driving that, I would have gone to hit the brakes, and there would have been no brakes. Uh, she said, I narrowly avoided catastrophe, and uh, she says, she says, I better thank my lucky stars that somebody was looking out for me, and I just kind of... <laughs> I just kind of shook my head and spared her a really long story, and I was like, "You have no idea. Somebody really was uh, looking out for me." And uh, but you know, it's you know it's rare that uh, angelic presences can you know have that much of a physical effect in our life. Something tangible, physical, obvious. Usually, they kind of guide us in in more subtle ways. But I'll never forget that that encounter, and um, it was certainly so strange. Next up, we have a story titled, An Angel in Disguise. My father was a cross-country truck driver, and my mother was frequently on her own. My mom was a beautiful but fragile blue-eyed lady with long, soft, blonde hair. I describe her because it's important to the story later on. When I was four, my mom decided to take a night job. She usually stayed home with my six-year-old brother and me. She hated leaving us, but we needed some extra income, so she found a babysitter and feeling a bit apprehensive, she went to work. I can't even remember the babysitter's name because she was not with us very long. My brother Gary and I were sent upstairs to bed that evening, and as many kids do, we fought sleep and paid more attention to what was going on downstairs. Our babysitter's boyfriend had come over, and soon we realized that she had left with him. My brother tried to reassure me when I began to cry. I remember him leaving the hallway light on and saying that mom would be home soon, but still I was terrified. As I lay in my bed, I looked toward the hallway, and in the doorway stood my mother. I could see her long blonde hair and a concerned look in her eyes. She said something soothing, I can't remember the exact words, and as she came over to the bed, she took me in her arms and rocked me to sleep. I remember feeling so secure and safe in her arms. In the morning, I could hear my mother rattling around in the kitchen. I got up and went down to greet her, still feeling secure and safe. 
When I got to the kitchen, she greeted me with the usual, Hey, good morning, sunshine. And then she asked, Where's the babysitter? When I replied that I was so glad that she had come home last night when I was scared, her eyes got big and she became, she became concerned. She had, in fact, just arrived home. So, who rocked me to sleep then? I often think of that night, and now I think that an angel took my mother's appearance and calmed me down. For me, it was the beginning of knowing that someone watches over me. Many times I have felt that presence, but I never saw my mother's face on an angel again. And that was submitted by a person named Deanne. All right, first of all, it needs to be asked, what kind of a babysitter leaves the children home alone. That's awful. And yes, I'm being a little judgy here, but as the parent of a young child, just the very thought of that makes me cringe. That's beyond irresponsible. Um, then again, <laughs> I don't know. My eight-year-old daughter, Sky is pretty darn self-sufficient. Uh, last weekend, I was horrendously sick. I was so sick that I could hardly get out of bed. And I ended up calling it a day around 8 p.m. I just could not keep my eyes open anymore. And I'm a single dad, so here at my house, it's it's just me and Skye. And, uh, but, you know, sure enough, I told her I was going to bed. I begged and pleaded her to be responsible and just, you know, <laughs> be safe, make good decisions, brush your teeth, put yourself to bed at a, at a regular time. Sure enough, she did. She made some popcorn, played some Nintendo Switch. Uh, kind of left, you know, left the living room kind of a mess, but who cares? She was responsible. She brushed her teeth, popped her head in my bedroom around 1130, said, good night, dad. I love you. And I woke up feeling a little better the next day. And, uh, but you know, um, but it sounds like, you know, my daughter's eight. Sounds like those kids were a little on the younger end of the spectrum and babysitter bounced, uh, <laughs> angel took mom's form. That's, uh, I don't know. Uh, that's, that's crazy but you know luckily for them you know angel stopped by to calm every calm down everyone's nerves and it's one of those stories that shows that angelic beings can take whatever form they need in order to to be most helpful in this case you know um, nothing was more comforting to that kid uh, that to to Deanne than uh, feeling like her own mom was rocking her to sleep and it makes sense I guess you know when kids are sick or hurt or scared uh, nothing's more comforting than having mom nearby so that angel must have known that, uh, took the presence of mom, and uh, had a happy ending, thank goodness. Next up, we have a story titled, Blue Angel in the Wall. I've lived in a very abusive, uncaring, emotional, messed up family all my life. And I believe that I have an angel that sometimes comes around to comfort me, or sends others to help me when I'm in my darkest moments. The first time I saw my angel, I was around a year old. I was at a huge family get-together with five generations of my mom's family. I was passed off in the living room with some family members who didn't really care about me and acted like I wasn't there. I was positioned in front of a wall with my back toward everyone. I learned early on to try my best not to make any noise while the TV was on, so I wouldn't get into any more trouble. I remember sitting directly in front of a wall, and I couldn't take my eyes off of it. I felt like I was being pulled into the place and held in front of the wall. I had been staring at the wall for a while when I saw a figure in the wall. It was a man's face with shoulders and wings in the background. Every part of him had a bluish tint to it, a light blue tint. He had a very pretty face and he looked like he was in his 20s. His eyes were a darker shade of blue than the rest of him and he had medium long hair flowing all around him. 
This may sound like I'm describing a female, but I knew it was a male. He was smiling and giggling with me as I smiled and giggled back. He had the most gorgeous wings, and when he giggled, his wings fluttered up and down. I couldn't talk much or understand many words, but he somehow told me, like he was sending a message directly into my mind, he told me that everything would be okay. And that was submitted by Tasha. You know, beautiful hair <laughs> flowing in the wind. Sounds like Homeboy was the Fabio of the angel world. You know, golden locks just blowing about like he's in a shampoo commercial. Uh, I almost imagine uh, this angel looking like a combination between Thor and, you know, one of those creatures from the Avatar movie. But seriously, uh, the part that he had a light, you know, a bluish, you know, glow to him, that's super interesting. And if you've ever watched uh, the History Channel show called Ancient Aliens, which I highly recommend that you do so, uh, they on that show they mention quite, quite a bit how some people theorize that ancient accounts of angels could have actually been extraterrestrial visitors. And it makes a little bit of sense if you think about it. I mean, after all, ancient people would have had absolutely no reference point for such things as aliens or flying spacecraft. Uh, I mean, for anyone in biblical times... You know, if if a being came from the sky and seemed to have superhuman abilities, uh, they assumed naturally that the creature was from heaven. But, you know, if some of these beings actually come from distant star systems, maybe it's not too crazy to imagine that some of them could glow with a bluish tint. Um, I don't know. It's just, just something to think about. And we'll never know what Tasha saw in her wall that day, but regardless of who or what it was, at least it had a positive effect on her when, when she was uh, in need of some comfort. We've got a couple more stories left, but I want to pause here for a brief minute and ask you to please rate and review this show on your podcast platform of choice. I hope you're enjoying So Strange, and if you do, please uh, refer the show to other friends and family members who are into this sort of content. If you like this show, you'll probably love my other one as well. My other podcast is called Paranormal Dads. We explore the world's monsters, myths, and mysteries, and that's co-hosted by my good friends Eddie and Pat. You can find that wherever you get your podcasts. And I'll also tell you that the So Strange Letter of the Day for this episode is T, T as in Turkey. So jot that down, take note. Uh, I offer you one letter in every episode of Season 1, and after the conclusion of the season finale, if you've collected all the letters, you can unscramble them to figure out the mystery word of the season. You can email that word to andymyersmanagement at gmail.com. Anyone who does, it's going to qualify you for some perks and prizes and bonus content. So if you love solving uh, clues and mysteries, that'll keep you busy for a while. Uh, so hopefully you find that, uh, find that fun. And of course, I will uh, tell you that the word, that the magical word of the season is uh, of paranormal nature. So there's your clue. But here we go, right back into the, into the content. And our next story here is titled, Pushed to Safety by an Angel. Back in 1980, Deb was a single mother with two infants living in San Bernardino County, California. She occasionally needed reliable babysitters. Fortunately, her parents lived only about 30 miles away, in Alta Loma. Deb would usually drop off the children at her parents' house, go do what she needed to do, and then pick them up in the evening. One night, Deb had retrieved her babies from her parents' place and was heading home. It was relatively late, about 11.30 p.m., 
Deb was driving her old clunker, as she called it. Among the car's many deficiencies, uh, the gas gauge was broken, requiring her to guess when the old thing needed fuel. Occasionally, her guessing was off. Halfway home, the car started to sputter, Deb remembers, and I realized I was on empty. I pulled off on the first off-ramp I could, and it just so happened to be one that was slightly uphill. Almost at the top of the exit, my car died, and there was absolutely nothing around except empty fields and distant lights at a truck stop, which was about a quarter mile down the road. With no cars in sight, Deb didn't know what to do. The kids were asleep, and walking miles while carrying two kids in the middle of the night was not a good option. This was well before cell phones, so she could not call for help. I put my head on the steering wheel while saying a short and panicked prayer, she remembers. I hadn't even finished the prayer when I heard a few taps on my window. When she looked up, she saw a clean-cut young man standing there who Deb estimated to be around 21 years old. He mentioned for her to roll down her window. I remember I was surprised, Deb says, but I wasn't even the slightest bit afraid, even though I normally would have been terrified in a situation like this. The young man was dressed well and had a faint smell of soap. He didn't ask if she needed help. Instead, he told her to put the car in neutral and he would help her over that last small hill towards a place where she could get gas. I thanked him and followed his instructions. The car started moving. I steered it towards the light of the truck stop and turned around to yell thank you again to him, Deb said. He was so nice. My car kept moving, but the young man was nowhere in sight. I mean, this area was completely remote. There was absolutely nowhere he could have gone that quickly, even if there was somewhere to go. I don't know where he came from to begin with. Deb's car continued to roll down the hill until it reached the truck stop. She was able to get the gas she needed, and the kids remained sound asleep. I've always trusted in God to take care of us, but in relating that story many times to my children, who are now 30 and 32 years old, they know for a fact that angels do exist and are sent to us if only we believe. I always thought it was so amazing that we were sent someone who I could trust instinctively without question. Since that incident, I've come to believe that we probably encounter angels all the time and take for granted who they really are. I think they come in all shapes and sizes, young and old, and sometimes when we least expect them. You know, we could probably round up enough stories involving uh, angels and cars to fill a whole separate episode. And maybe it's because we're so vulnerable when we're on the road. You know, there's so many variables, so many things that could go wrong, whether it's running out of gas or narrowly avoiding an accident or getting lost. You know, some trips can make for a real adventure, even, even when we're not traveling that far from home. And I remember uh, many years ago, I, you know, had another uh, strange incident involving an angel in a car. I was on an on-ramp, and it was one of these kind of spiraling down on-ramps that I was about to merge on to the interstate system here in Omaha, Nebraska. And it was a pretty, it was a very busy inter, inter, it was a busy interstate, busy on-ramp. But I remember as I was kind of spiraling down, my car started to act weird. Now, this was a different car from my last story with the parking brake, different car altogether. But I was driving and suddenly my car started to act strange. My car started to slow down, even though I was, you know, pushing the gas and trying to ramp up my speed for the interstate, my car started to slow down. And and I, I took my foot off the gas and, and it almost seemed like somebody or something was engaging the brake. 
And if that wasn't strange enough, the steering wheel suddenly had a mind of its own. I kid you not, my steering wheel, it started to move itself. And at that point, I, just, I didn't know what to do. So I took my foot off the brake and the gas. I took my hands off the steering wheel. I was no longer in control of my car. And my car pulled over onto the shoulder of the on-ramp, straightened itself out, and came to a complete stop. <laughs> and at this moment, it, it, it appeared to have died altogether. And I'm sitting there, and I was on the phone talking with somebody, you know, and midway through this event, I hung up, and I'm like, oh my god, what just happened? What, what do I do? And, you know, I was pretty sure my car had died, but, you know, when I tried turning the key, I just turned the key, and the thing started right back up. And I don't know why some presence took over my car, and it was clearly under intelligent control, uh, you know, but my only thought was maybe at that instant that I was attempting to merge onto the interstate. Perhaps it was wrong place, wrong time. Maybe I was about to get into an accident and I just didn't know of it. And maybe this angel pulled my car off to the side uh, just to kind of let the danger pass. And uh, yeah, ended up merging safely. It's the first and, o first and only time that an angel literally took the wheel. And that uh, I'll, I'll never forget it. It was, it was um, you know, in a moment, I, was, I wasn't I was scared, but, you know, when something happens like that, your heart really starts pounding because you're experiencing something that has no logical explanation. You know, it'd be one thing if my car just died, but to, to have the steering wheel, um, you know, turning back and forth and, you know, pulled off my car, I mean, clearly somebody was steering it intelligently, so I'll never forget that. Next up, we have a story called Angel Money. There are many stories of people receiving much-needed money from mysterious unknown sources. Ellie has such a story that she recalls from the summer of January 1994 when she was living in Melbourne, Australia. It was late afternoon and Ellie was outside gathering the family laundry from the clothesline. There was a sudden, small willy-willy, which is an Australian term for a swirling wind funnel of dust and leaves. As it raced past me, I saw something blue whirling in the middle of the dust and leaves and managed to grab hold of it, she said. I was surprised and very pleased to see it was a $10 note. A few days later, Ellie was on the back of her yard checking on her garden tomatoes when she spotted something lying in the grass. She was astonished to find that it was a $20 note. Not long afterwards, in another part of the garden, she found a $5 note and yet another $20 note nestled among the leaves of the daylilies. By this time, I told my family of the angel money, quote-unquote, she tells us. None of them had put money there, not with the possibility of it blowing away in the often high winds of summer. All was quiet for a few days. Then one of my sons came in with an ear-to-ear -ear grin and a $20 note that he had just found on top of the compost heap. Most of us would say that this was not angel money at all, but money that someone had lost and had simply blown into Ellie's yard. But Ellie, not quite convinced of that explanation, she said that's because of a week or so later she had another amazing find, this time inside her house. She said, quote, I was cleaning out under the bed and pulled out a pair of slippers and inside was a 50 cent coin. Man, those uh, Australian angels are pretty generous with their money, huh? <laughs> That's a awesome and lighthearted story. And I know this is the, probably the silliest thing to consider, but now I'm wondering, 
what's the currency exchange rate? You know, like is a five dollar note in Australia the same thing as like a five spot here in the in the United States? Is a twenty dollar note the same as a twenty dollar bill? I'm not really sure. But either way, I guess every little bit helps, right? And I hope those Aussie angels keep the money rolling in because it's uh, good to have a little side hustle, right? <laughs> uh, you know, people are going to start asking that lady, oh, hey, uh, what do you do for passive income? And she'll be like, oh, I catch money when it flies into my yard from the angelic realms. <laughs> no big deal, right? Anyways, uh, in terms of angel money, uh, I've personally experienced something kind of similar to this. And, it, you know, if you haven't gathered by now, my whole life has been uh, riddled with events that are so strange. But this happened a few years back. I was in Des Moines, Iowa. I had traveled there to to give a lecture on, you know, similar content that to what we're talking about today. And it was at, at a pretty nice hotel. You know, the, the facility that I was delivering the lecture at was kind of fancy. And it was so fancy that, uh, you know, being on a budget at the time, I, I didn't really want to book a hotel room there for the night. So I did my event, but I booked uh, a hotel to sleep in on the other side of the city that was a little more budget friendly. And I, you know, I I did my show and everything went well and everyone leaves, you know, I'm, you know, kind of selling some books afterwards and I have, you know, my books and supplies and everything. So I, I get everything off the table, packed into boxes and uh, have everything ready to go. And I grabbed my last box of books off of the table, placed them on the rolling cart, and I was about to leave. Well, when I stood back up straight, I noticed that right there on the middle of the table that I had just been cleaning up, there was a crisp $100 bill. I kid you not. It was not there two seconds earlier, and just, just like that, in the blink of an eye, it, it had appeared. And of course, I'm, I'm in there all alone. And I I know what I saw, and and just my heart starts fluttering. I have goosebumps. I'm looking all around, and I'm like, what the heck? And you know, in good conscience, uh, I remember uh, I, I even emailed all the attendees of the lecture, and I said, hey, did anyone you know anyone missing money? <laughs> I found a hundred dollar bill here. I don't want to take it if if somebody had dropped it. And I knew that wasn't the case. I was just covering all my bases. But I said, well, that's certainly strange. So I tucked the I tucked the dollar bill in my the hundred dollar bill in my wallet, and I went across town, checked, you know, and got into the hotel that I had booked. And so I'm laying in the uh, more budget friendly hotel that night, still kind of my my mind's just reeling from what I had found. But I I could hardly sleep that night because I was hearing gunshots, I was hearing police sirens, I was hearing uh, neighboring. You know, hotel patrons arguing and screaming and fighting. Turns out, unbeknownst to me, I had booked a hotel in a pretty uh, dicey, pretty shady part of the city. Now, I will say Des Moines as a whole is a beautiful place, but I was in a, a little pocket that was a little more dangerous. And so I thought, all right, next time I come into town uh, to do to do an event, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna book my lecture at the nice hotel, but I'm also gonna sleep at the nice hotel. I don't care how much a room costs. And I started to think about it, and it occurred to me that the price difference from the dump that I was staying at compared to the nice hotel that I should have stayed at was exactly one hundred dollars. So finding that $100 bill on my table that magically appeared out of nowhere, I took it as a sign from my guardian angels that I should stop being a cheapskate, I should invest in my own safety, and when I went there a year later, sure enough, I paid the price difference with my $100 bill, and I stayed at the nice hotel in the nicer part of the city. And, you know, it's, it's so strange. You know, things like that, 
do happen from time to time. It's rare, but it, it, it does sometimes occur. And angels are often looking out for us, whether it's in obvious ways or more subtle ways, but they've generally got our back. And that about does it for this show, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, if you love angelic stories and are the kind of person who looks for signs from the universe, messages from the beyond and, and whatnot, you might be interested to know that I'm actually hosting a video event on Zoom next month. It's titled 33 Signs from Heaven. It's a presentation where I'll be talking about how to better see and recognize the signs that are all around us on a daily basis, You know, whether that's from angels, spirit guides, or our loved ones in the afterlife. Uh, so again, that event uh, will be in September of 2022. And uh, if that's your cup of tea, I'll leave you some info in the show notes so you can register for that video event. But either way, I promise to, de to keep delivering more episodes of So Strange, and, and I hope you've been enjoying it so far. In the meantime, pay attention to your surroundings. Keep your head on a swivel. Take notice of the driver next to you at the red light. Get a good look at the friendly stranger who randomly smiles at you while you're shopping. And pay attention to the strangers you pass while walking your dog. Chances are, they're just everyday people. But you just never know. Angels come in a variety of shapes and sizes, and they're known to be masters of disguise. Be sure to call on them when you need a helping hand, and stay safe out there, my friends. There is much, much more to our world than meets the eyes. Sometimes the, the curtain separating heaven and earth gets pretty thin. And during those moments, our world can seem so angelic and so strange. <laughs>